Welcome to Ride Underground. You found us. This is a place where we hear from instigators who are changing the world with disruptive and emerging technologies. I'm your host, Tom Snyder, Executive Director of Riot, and welcome to the program. We're excited today to have Sven Noak in the virtual studio today at the Underground. Sven's with Tuvsud. He's a leading expert in functional safety and digitalization. Sven, welcome to the program. Yeah, thank you very much. So uh, tell thank us you where you're at today, me. first of all. I'm in my office uh, out of Atlanta, Georgia. Okay, great. Not too far away. Glad to have you. Uh, for our listeners who are not familiar, maybe first, uh, tell us who Tuv is. Tuvsud is a um, testing, inspection, and uh, certification company. Uh, we are uh, headquartered out of uh, Munich uh, in Germany, and we have uh, operations worldwide. We have about 1,000 offices in uh, more than 30 locations or regions, and we do testing, certification, and inspection uh, across the entire board in all uh, verticals, starting from uh, consumer products, but also doing certification services in uh, the automotive sector, in the uh, industrial sector, uh, in the uh, medical sector. So everywhere where safety and quality plays a role, uh, Tufsuits provides uh, services. Fantastic. And tell us a little bit about your personal journey. How, how did you enter into this kind of testing the regulatory space and, and help us understand what functional safety is specifically. I think that's your area of expertise. Yeah, right after uh, university, I uh, joined um, a company back in Germany that develops safety control systems used in uh, railway applications. So right after university, I already get uh, in contact with uh, functional safety. And I've done this uh, a couple of years before I joined to suit in 2004 when I started my career as a safety assessor. So I basically changed the side of the table from being a designer, designing and developing safety critical systems, so then become a safety assessor sitting on the other side assessing safety critical systems. So from there, I started uh, my career in in different positions, always related to functional safety. Uh, In 2011, I was uh, posted to Japan and later to Singapore and uh, also developed the functional safety business uh, in Asia at the time and uh, was then posted to the U.S. actually last year and I became the regional program director uh, at Tufsuit Americas, um, responsible for to lead product developments with focus on high-tech areas and uh, functional safety capabilities. And I also have a global capacity in which I lead uh, the global product management for functional safety within the Tufsuit group, um, and I'm responsible for expert qualification, authorization, as well as service developments in response to new technologies. Really amazing journey, travel to and worked all over the world in Europe and Asia and the United States. You've been on, as you said, both sides of the fence. This sounds like there's an amazing opportunity for a documentary one day of your your journey. One of the things we ask every guest on the underground so that people can understand who they're hearing as they're listening to this audio broadcast is, if you had the chance to to cast yourself in a documentary about your journey, who, who would you love to play you in that movie? I just recently saw the movie Independence Day, and I think the character played by Jeff Goldblum pretty much uh, could represent myself, you know, 
so being the guy I am uh, within the Tosu group. That's great. You know, it's interesting because he was in the Jurassic Park series as well, and, and he was the guy that was telling them, it's not a good idea to do this dinosaur park. There's going to be some safety problems. And so maybe there's a safety theme there. I don't know. It's kind of, kind of fun. Maybe oh, this uh, represents more the business side of the business. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. D- tell me about kind of the journey. I-, I think as folks are developing out new products, new services, you know, obviously they think, you know, these things need to be safe, but, but where is it that they start to realize there might be a testing regimen or, or, or where should they be thinking about this and, and how do organizations engage with you? Functional safety is pretty much something that you can find in all areas where you have safety-related systems. So this ranges from really starting at a very low system level. So we are talking about uh, microcontrollers where already functional safety plays a role. And this goes all the way up to the applications. So we talk to uh, suppliers and uh, manufacturers all the way up to actually the operators uh, and the owners of uh, production facilities, uh, as an uh, example. So functional safety plays everywhere a role. Are there specific examples or distinctions between where functional safety is more market-driven, that, that you need to have a certain level of performance or you can't enter a market because of competitive forces versus, say, it's a regulated test, like a crash test for an automobile, for mm-hmm. example? This depends very much on the country and on the region. Uh, so in many countries, and it also depends on the uh, industry. So in many countries, in many uh, industries, functional safety is uh, regulated where uh, you have a, a clear regime given. So how you have to deal with uh, functional safety. So what do you have to do to provide evidence so that you meet certain safety targets so that you have the right level of uh, risk reduction? You have other markets and other industry where it is not uh, regulated. So the market drivers here can be product liability, for an uh, example, so that you have to, as a manufacturer, as an example, um, you have to provide the proof that you have, um, in the case of an accident, as an example, so they have to provide the proof that they have developed their system or their product according to state-of-the-art requirements. And you can find the -the state-of-the-art requirements inside the safety standards. So um, this is a driver, but certainly also another driver comes with uh, increasing complexity. And uh, with increasing complexity, it it gets more and more difficult to uh, really manage uh, functional safety. So therefore, the functional safety standards, they give a very good framework on how you manage your safety design, how you come up. So what is the structure approach to understand your risks so which are imposed by your product and um, to have the right framework to really find the right measures to reduce the risks to an acceptable level. So this is where not necessarily um, a regulation drives the market. It is more driven by complexity, to manage complexity in uh, technologies. That makes sense. At Riot, we work with a lot of startup companies in our accelerator that are doing incredibly new things. And in some cases, you know, things for which there isn't kind of a prior product as an example or something. What advice do you have for an organization that is creating, say, a new industry or a new market that 
you know, clearly because it's new, there aren't established standards or best ways of, of moving forward. How should they be thinking about and addressing functional safety? Yeah, important um, to note is, so first of all, uh, we find in many uh, startup companies the idea that safety is something that you can do later. So we very often uh, are approached at a very late stage of the development uh, life cycle where um, we get approached and say, okay, so can you do the function safety now for us or to can do the certification? It is important to understand that the function safety standards, they are a process so that you have to go through. It is not just the uh, robustness of your design, which is very important, but also the robustness of your process, of your development and safety process to make sure that you um, prevent systematic failures in your design, in your specification, uh, but also in uh, operations. So my first tip would be to um, approach a certification company at a very early stage to understand what the requirements are. This not only applies to functional safety, it applies to other safety disciplines as well. Cybersecurity would be another uh, area which is uh, would be also quite important to do the same thing, to have an understanding at a very early beginning of the development life cycle, at a very early stage to understand what are the risks that are posed by my piece of technology and what could be the right measures to mitigate those risks to an acceptable level. I really have to understand that at a very early stage to make the right design decisions. And you also talked another about another point uh, is um, when you develop something that has not been uh, around so it's something quite innovative. Uh, artificial intelligence, for instance, is one example. How can we deal with systems using artificial uh, intelligence? So in the old days, or in the uh, so let's say in the typical frame or the typical product or the typical system, the functional safety standards they, uh, cover our systems. So systems with with very static uh, properties. So. You go through the development lifecycle, you do everything that needs to be done to have a safe system at the end of the day, you provide the proof to a certification company and the certification company certifies so this product. The current standards are, they consider the product itself as static, so it will not change anymore. So you won't make any changes to it. So whenever you make a change, you make an update or you you add another function to it, for instance, you have to go normally through a new set of uh, certification. So this worked very well with static systems. So now we have systems with more dynamic properties. So now we have artificial intelligence uh, as an uh, example. So we have something like a safe diagnostics uh, or safe healing uh, algorithms or anything like that. So this becomes a nightmare when it comes to the traditional sort of way we dealt with functional safety in the past. So this has been taken up in many of those uh, standardization committees uh, and uh, working groups around the world really to address how function safety has to or how the certification and testing procedures have to evolve and change to really address the demands of uh, systems which uh, has dynamic properties. Yeah, that's really fascinating. I, I think about any piece of electronics that you buy today or even your know, vehicles, your, your automobiles, the very first thing that happens after you buy it, it downloads a software update before you've even started to use whatever product is you, you design, which says by default that at whatever level it was tested, it was tested at a level prior to the, the level that, that you're going to use. And, 
And when things like software updates and things become purely fluid and dynamic because you have AI systems and things that are, that are modifying things in real time, yeah, I think nightmare is the word you use. That, that sounds like the right word. Uh, but it's, we don't have to um, look necessarily into systems like that use uh, artificial intelligence or you know, uh, it's those systems where you, which are inherently uh, hazardous. So, so you mentioned an example from the uh, automotive field. I mean, when you look at uh, railway applications or so when you look at the process plant or anything like that. So this is quite where you understand, uh, have a very quick understanding, okay, uh, functional safety plays a role. And of course, when it becomes more uh, complex, uh, functional safety will play even a bigger role. But you also can look at uh, less obvious uh, applications where complexity makes functional safety even uh, applicable. So there, there are a couple of examples. Um, so look at a coffee machine, for instance. Uh, so in the old days, a coffee machine, there was not much functional safety or not uh, functional safety at all in it. So uh, the only safety function I can think of actually is that you have to somehow control um, the heat of the plate actually to to prevent uh, fire hazards. And in the old days, so you had a thermal fuse, which is uh, inherently safe. It's a very simple. If uh, certain temperatures, you know, passed, then basically the fuse would blow and, and uh, that's it. So nowadays with modern machine, you want to have your uh, machine connected. You want to have, you know, uh, your smartphone on the way home and you want to, you know, connect it to your coffee machine and to be sure that when you arrive at home that you have your cappuccino ready. So this connectivity uh, makes the system or the coffee machine in this place uh, inherently complex. So what happens is so that this new functionality will be implemented in a microcontroller. So you now have a microcontroller inside the coffee machine. So now the next thing is that uh, when you have, you know, why not putting the uh, control of the temperature of the plate inside the microcontroller because you can, you know, save costs for the thermal fuse. So what happens is so that those simple functions will now be part of um, the software inside the microcontroller. And then the whole problem starts. Microcontroller fail. Software, we all know that software is uh, always prone to failures. So now it becomes a functional safety problem. So in those simple uh, examples, you already can see that the products you use on a daily basis may already have functional safety in it. Is it fair to say that there are equivalent software fuses that are being designed now that, that when, when the parameters of operation start to go beyond some measured value that the software basically creates that permanent shutdown in the way a fuse does? Yeah, that's the uh, idea. The yeah. question now is how reliable is this piece of software and how reliable is this uh, microcontroller? How robust is the design to, um, first of all, that uh, systematic failures in the software are somehow uh, prevented. And of course, the microcontroller fails, and right? the uh, components fail. So you have to have a robust design to make sure that even if they fail, they fail in a controllable manner so that you control the failures. Yeah, very interesting. You mentioned cybersecurity earlier. At what point does kind of defense against different kinds of cyber threat vectors is that viewed as a functional safety consideration or is that kind of a separate consideration? You know, as folks think about what experts to reach out to, maybe what parts of TuveSuit to reach out to as they think through their product, kind of where, where is the intersection of cyber and functional safety? 
Uh, that's a very good question. There are also different uh, school of thoughts how much separated function safety is from cybersecurity. In principle, we have different experts with different expertise dealing with either function safety or cybersecurity. And usually when you reach out to uh, to suits, uh, you will find uh, you know the right contact person either in the cybersecurity group or in the function safety group. So we make sure that we uh, have a very close relationship and um, uh, in terms of you know, so how we approach uh, certain things. And certainly in projects, uh, we work hand in hand. You mentioned the coffee maker, which I think is, is interesting because it's not something maybe that obviously has functional safety beyond that. Make sure there's not hot surfaces that you get burned on kind of example that you gave. But do you have another maybe really interesting project or example that you've worked on recently that that even surprised you that you didn't think about until you you dug in a little deeper and saw, oh my gosh, it is, this is a really interesting functional safety use case. Oh, there are a number of very interesting projects um, in a number of different uh, industries. It's very difficult to pick. Certainly uh, when it comes to the automotive field, for instance, what I find very interesting and very intriguing is how much of the functionality goes already onto the uh, microchip. So they call it the system on a ship. So essentially where you um, have already a variety of uh, functions on the uh, ship, including signal processing, wireless communication, artificial intelligence, uh, cybersecurity, it's it's everything put on one ship. And this is quite interesting uh, how the development is there in the, um, especially in the automotive field, so which which drives this concept uh, very much. We have certainly projects where I think that, especially in combination with new technology, it's always to find the right way on how to address functional safety, especially dealing with startup companies to help them to understand what the requirements are, uh, what the regulatory background uh, is uh, for this particular field, and to really see how our inputs uh, and their products idea re- uh, so really merge together at one point and make something so that comes out, uh, which is a very uh, innovative, but uh, at the same time, functionally safe. An amazing amount of complexity and challenges, uh, really interesting area. In terms of you know, that startup that hopes to one day you know, sell in multiple markets around the world, is there a lot of reciprocity in the regulatory space between different countries and different places in terms of the requirements? Or is there a very wide variation in requirements place to place? I mean, luckily, in the area of functional safety, uh, we have uh, main standards, which are um, industry-specific standards, which are pretty much internationally uh, recognized and adopted. So from the standards perspective, so this is quite good. When it comes to regulations and to uh, how I uh, do I have to use those standards, in which form do I have to use those standards? So this becomes a little bit more difficult and different from country to country, from region to region. That makes sense. So on the front end, it's less challenging maybe to design a product that will be compatible in all these places. But the process of actually getting the approvals and the, the licenses and the permits and whatever, uh, that, that's a much, much bigger challenge, I suppose. Uh, correct. What would be maybe a final parting piece of advice that, that you would give someone who is in product development now? They're trying to figure out how to make sure that their, their product is good. I know you said 
you know, obviously engage early. That's really important. Pay attention to the level of complexity. And as you have more complexity, you probably need to engage even earlier with experts such as yourself. What are maybe, maybe a last mm-hmm. thought or two that you can share to help people down the right path uh, towards success in this area? I would definitely uh, so reiterate what you just said. It's very important to engage a certification company or testing company at a very early stage of the life cycle. So this is very important when it comes to um, also aspects like time to market. It's not safety is, of course, the paramount goal here. So that's uh, out of question. But it also becomes very important when it comes to issues like time to market. So when you identify problems in your design at a very early stage, it costs a lot of money and it costs a lot of time to go back in the life cycle and to fix those things. So it's very important really to have very early uh, engagement of uh, assessors. So we typically go through two main certification phases. So one is the concept phase, and the other one is the detailed or the implementation phase. In the concept phase, it's really important to already have um, to judge on the compliance of the technical design, but also on the technical safety concept in terms of the right processes, of the right procedures, uh, of the right testing regime, so that you are after a concept phase, so that you have the planning certainty to go to the implementation phase and to, uh, and to have the certainty that your system will meet uh, the requirements of the standards when you follow your concept. So I think this is very important in terms of uh, time to market uh, aspects, in terms of cost aspects. I mean, the best way is to reduce uh, failure costs by preventing uh, failures. And this is really what you can only do or very effectively do at a very early stage of the life cycle. So that would be one piece of advice. Not to look at functional safety always from the safety perspective. We have also reliability aspects as well. We have we work in projects, for instance, where functional safety standards were used uh, not because they, uh, from the functional safety perspective, it's just that the concept of uh, the standards were used to ensure a reliability, to uh, make sure that you have in operations or, um, uh, less downtime, for instance. So even though that the applications or that the system were not per se safety uh, systems, but the same procedures apply also to make systems more reliable. And certainly, lastly, I would say that coming back to the example with the coffee machine, and there are, I can give you uh, many more uh, examples where you have in many products and many applications nowadays with the change in terms of connectivity, increase of uh, complexity, uh, for instance, you have more and more functional safety aspects to consider in products, in applications, which you have not uh, thought of a couple of years back. So it's always good also as a supplier, as a developer, to go through to take the concepts from the functional safety uh, risk uh, analysis and say, okay, I need to understand what sort of risks my system may pose to the user, uh, to the environment. And from there, then to have a much better understanding on the safety implications. So again, coming back, so I would assume that so some suppliers of uh, coffee machines or of, of any uh, household uh, devices not aware or may not be aware that you have potential risks here. Everyone should be able to do a, or should do a little a risk analysis uh, in the back of the head and say, okay, so is this, yeah, even though so it's a very simple piece of equipment, 
of component, a household device or whatever, is it something that could potentially pose risks to the user? And then in any case of uh, uncertainty, then um, a certification and a phone call to a certification company as to suit this uh, would be the right way. Fantastic. That is just a wealth of great advice and expertise. If you're out there listening today in product development, thinking about launching something, improve your reliability, reduce your risk of liability, bring more quality into the process, future-proof yourself as your product continues to evolve and stay ahead of the game from a, both a regulatory and a, and a safety and liability standpoint. And, and I think the, uh, the age-old you know, an ounce of prevention is worth a pound of cure or worth more than a pound of cure. Certainly that kind of a mentality plays in. Sven, thank you very much for, for being with us, for sharing the insights, the expertise. If folks want to reach out and, and learn more or contact Tusud, where can they find you? Thank you very much for having me. You can reach out to uh, www.tuvsud.com and uh, you will find uh, in the menu functional safety as an, uh, one of our main topics and you will find the right contact uh, information there. And I'm, I look forward to any call, to any inquiry. I'm quite passionate uh, about the topic, so I'd be happy to help. Well, the passion certainly comes through. We've been glad to have you in the studio. Good luck saving the world from both uh, dinosaur theme parks and all kinds of catastrophic events that uh, Jeff Goldblum is regularly cast for. I look forward to seeing him play your story down the road and to having you Sven on the uh, podcast again sometime soon. So take care and thanks for joining. Hi y'all, Caroline Griffin here, dropping in to say thanks for listening. And if you have any questions for Riot, send me a note. You may reach me at caroline at riot.org. This Riot Underground podcast is created and produced by Riot Studios with music by Scott Jackson. Riot is a nonprofit focused on economic development through the Internet of Things or IoT. We produce events, conferences, and educational courses around the world. And we run an early stage startup accelerator out of Riot Labs in Raleigh, North Carolina. Our nonprofit also operates a wireless test and certification facility under the Wireless Research Center brand. Learn how to engage by visiting us at riot.org.